Folks, what's going on? 47 Foot Friday, once again, always got to check what day it is because I never have any idea anymore. Friday, January 17th. Thanks, everybody, for listening in on Amazon. Amazon? I'm not selling this. I, it's too early. I got to stop doing these at 9 a.m., folks. Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud. Anyone tuning in on Instagram right now, I appreciate you guys. We're back again for the second live edition and the pre-recorded edition. Now, got a lot to dive into today. We're going to go into UFC 246, McGregor Cerrone tomorrow. Uh, we got some Clemson LSU recap. We got some AFC and NFC championship to go into. Uh, really excited about this. It's going to be a wild time, wild weekend. But first and foremost, folks, obviously, you know where we're going to be this weekend is Amherst Pizza and Owl House. Trainwreck Sports is going to be hosting an event at Amherst Pizza and Owl House this weekend for UFC 246 tomorrow evening. Uh, now, with that being said, there is going to be $5 Pink Whitney specials all night long while the fight is going on. It's going to be $12 pitchers of Blue Moon, so you're talking about $3 a beer. Uh, we're talking 21 and older to get in. There's no cover charge. Um, right now, folks, if you're trying to get there, I would get there early because tables are all booked. Standing room only. But if you're looking for a place to watch the fight, they're going to have the fight, the whole pay-per-view, on just about every one of their 25 to 50 TV circle in that bar, folks. Make sure you get there. If you're looking for a place to watch the fight tonight, definitely a recommendation of mine. Um, we're going to have Trainwreck posted up in the corner, uh, just hanging out, having a damn good time. So get there this weekend. Uh, it's going to be a blast, honestly, no doubt. That being said, that's where I want to start the show this weekend. I'm going into UFC 246. Uh, we got Conor McGregor versus Cowboy Cerrone, the return of the Notorious. Um, I think it's going to be very, very interesting, folks. Um, I don't think Conor's a guaranteed win by any shot. Uh, Cerrone lands one, one solid kick, and McGregor could just be knocked out on his ass in two minutes. Um, and I could see it happening. I really could. If you look at kind of a little bit of a, a tail of the tape here, uh, you know, McGregor is a little bit shorter than Cerrone. He's got about a four inch disadvantage. Um, they're fighting at the 170 weight class, which everyone was a little shocked to see McGregor going in at the 170. <clears throat> Me personally, obviously we saw all the success he had at 155. Um, but Connor is very confident at his 170 fighting abilities. He's basically saying that this is his, this is his walking weight. This is what he can do on a day-by-day -day basis. Um, and he feels very comfortable that he doesn't have to go through any weight gain or any significant weight cut. He can really just focus on his camp. He can focus on his training, focus on his sparring. I, I mean, it's a good mentality. I think he's in the right spot. Is it going to be enough to get himself back in the swing of things to win his first fight against a guy like Cowboy? I guess we'll find out. Uh, you look at just the reach, Conor McGregor's got an inch reach on Cerrone, or he's got an inch reach advantage on Cerrone. Um, Southpaw versus Orthodox, obviously. Now, it, it's something that, realistically, folks, I think we're we're in store for a real, a real good fight. Uh, UFC 246, the entire card itself actually looks like it's going to be a pretty good night. You got Anthony Pettis starting it off against Diego Ferreira. Claudia Gadella versus Alexa Grasso, Alexi Olenek versus Maurice Green, and then the uh, second match right before Conor McGregor's is going to be Holly Holm versus Raquel Pennington. Um, 
think Holly Holm can put up a good fight. Obviously, uh, I think UFC 246 has a decent bit of a card there. But the, the real question, folks, is McGregor really actually focused on Cerrone enough? Um, I'd like to think he is. Obviously, I'm a McGregor guy. Um, kind of had to stand by him thick and thin while he was going through all his slapping old guys out, you know, at bars and throwing bike dollies and bike racks at fully loaded buses. Um, name it. He's probably done it. Maybe he hasn't been caught for it. Getting tracked down by the Irish Mafia. That happened for a while. So you got to think, is he really focused on the right things? Is he focused on this fight with Cowboy? And I'm going to say yes. The reason I say yes is because I think Conor McGregor has too much pride to honestly have a repeat of the Khabib bout. Um, he said on record, especially with Ariel Nawani for ESPN, um, Conor McGregor is on record basically as saying he drank up to the night of the event. Um, even on the night of the event, he was going through social media. Um, he, he wasn't really in the fight. Not that that's an excuse. Um, obviously, Khabib kicked Connor's ass and very, just very physically overpowered him. Um, but the mentality wasn't there. He still had that. I'm on top of the world. I'm the best there ever is, best there ever been. Now, going into this fight, McGregor said he's, you know, been off alcohol for the weeks and months leading up to this event. Night of the fight tomorrow, he's going to be completely dialed in. Um, so while I may not believe that he is solely dialed in on beating Cerrone, because this is like the first time I've seen McGregor shake someone's hand and ultimately, you know, say uh, multiple times how much they respect this fighter. Um, you know, Connor says that about Cerrone. Sure, I'm sure McGregor's probably also just trying to get back in kind of some some public good graces. But really, um, I think he's still, he, I think he's focused on this fight. But I think his goal is not this fight. Um, he's gonna win this, I think. I think McGregor's gonna take down Cerrone. It's gonna be a damn good fight. Um. But I think he honestly is looking for Tony Ferguson. Um, maybe Jorge Masvidal, does he call him out after the match? Uh, I don't think he goes right for the rematch with Khabib. But, you know, maybe if he wins this one and beats Masvidal, you know, Masvidal just had the BMF fight with Nate Diaz recently. So does he go for the BMF belt? Um, do they bring that out again? Or does he kind of just use those as a way to get back to Khabib? Um, I'd be really interested to see if that's something that McGregor can do. Um, honestly, I think McGregor has to kind of go undefeated up until he ever fights Khabib again. And even then, I think Khabib still might physically overpower him again. I think it depends on, uh, you know, McGregor's training and McGregor's uh, camp going up into these fights. So uh, I think we're in for a good, you know, a good fight, folks. Um, I'm, what I'm going to do, and I just, for everyone on Instagram here, what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm scrolling through a little bit of coverage on ESPN about the fight. Um, and, and what I'm going to do is ultimately read through a couple tweets around the octagon, you know, and piece off of those. So we got first Mark Ramondi, an ESPN staff writer. McGregor says he sees himself fighting both Khabib and Tony Ferguson in the future. 
McGregor is on record as saying, quote, both are in my crosshairs. I believe that, and I really do. Um, I honestly think he would fight either Ferguson or Masvidal, obviously, before Khabib. Um, I think he fights both of them, and then maybe we see a McGregor-Khabib 2021, um, because McGregor has, you know, basically said he sees 2020 as a three-fight season. Wants to do this one, and honestly wants to do two more before the end of the year. Can he do it? Probably. Will he do it? Probably, just because that's who he is. Um, do I see that being, you know, this fight against Cowboy, then Ferguson, then Masvidal? Depending on how, what Masvidal does between now and then, I can see that. Um, so I, I think Mark's got a good point there. Um, just calling out McGregor wanting to fight Khabib and Tony. I, I could see Tony and Masvidal happening uh, before 2020 ends. Mark Armandi again. Okay, so apparently all three of these are by Mark Armandi. So, the guy's just all over the cover. To give him credit for that. Conor McGregor has sworn off alcohol leading into his fight at UFC 246. He asked Cowboy Cerrone if he was doing the same thing. Cowboy Cerrone said, and I quote, no, no, no. Good for him, though. Good for him, indeed. I couldn't do it. I couldn't swear off alcohol for five minutes. I'm not a professional fighter. I'm just a guy who works at Geico and for Trainwreck. But, hey. It is who he is. Um, good for, you know, good for McGregor. I think, really, he's, it just shows he's getting himself into the mindset. I don't think Cerrone needs to swear off alcohol. And, and I don't think McGregor necessarily did either. Uh, but, you know, I think this just shows that McGregor really wants this fight. He's really back dedicated to the game. Um, I think it could pay off for him. I really do. Um... Last but not least, Cerrone said he did, he redid, <coughs> apologize. Cerrone said he redid his contract with the UFC ahead of the McGregor fight. He said the new contract is the biggest of his career, but he wouldn't say how much he'll be making at UFC 246. That's fair. Um, again, McGregor's on record speaking with Ariel Awani that he thinks he can make about $80 million on this fight alone. Um, that he made fifty million fighting Khabib, Nurmagomedov. I had to say it once. Um, and McGregor, I think, really, to, you know, obviously UFC is not going to be paying him eighty million. Just not. I don't think the pay per view is going to bring in that type of fight. Um, I don't think that he's going to get that solely off of even winning the fight. Um, obviously I would say if he's getting 80 million, he's getting some serious endorsement payouts, um, some serious ad revenue, um, putting his name on things, licensing, you know, I think that's where McGregor is going to make his money on this fight. I can see it. Absolutely. I see him making that much money, but I guess we'll find out. Um, as for Cerrone's contract, no one's ever going to come out and talk about what they make in a year willingly or just for no reason. Um, so I don't blame him. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see what both get paid out after this fight. But, folks, moral of the story is UFC 246 is about to be a banger of a return for Conor McGregor. And if you're looking for a place to go, you may not be able to find a table, but standing room only at Amherst Pizza and Alehouse is going to be open, and you know they'll be full staffed because that place is going to be packed. Count my word on it. 
All right, folks. Next up, I want to recap a little bit of the college football playoff. Clemson versus LSU. Joe Burrow is something fierce, folks. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, 31 for 49, 463 yards, six total touchdowns, threw for five, ran for one. Guys, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know who could have beat them this year. Uh, LSU just looked incredible. I mean, even right from the beginning when Clemson jumped out to the lead and drew first blood, I thought, okay, hey, they're looking good. But LSU honestly has the offense to just kick Clemson right into the dirt, and they did. Uh, they answered quick. Then they put him out 21-10 to 10 in the second quarter and shut him out in the fourth quarter. Um, I mean, that, that speaks to LSU's defense too, but Joe Burrow in those quarters, obviously they put up 42 in the whole game. There wasn't one quarter LSU didn't put points on the board. Um, and it was all touchdowns, 7-21, 7-7. Seven, seven. Uh, Trevor Lawrence did not have a good game, just plain and simple. Uh, 234 yards. He had one rushing touchdown. Um, the other touchdowns for them, you know, were all running. You had uh, T. Higgins with a 36-yard run. ETN with a three-yard run. Um, Lawrence just didn't have it, folks. He really he laid an egg. Um, he was making bad passes. He was overthrowing his receivers. Um, I, I don't think it's the speed of the game is too much for him because obviously Clemson won it last year. But when you get down like that and you feel like you're trying to do too much, it's going to happen. And I'm just telling you right now, folks, Trevor Lawrence next year is going to come back angry. Uh, Clemson will win the national championship next year because nobody's going to stop this team. Um, LSU will not be in the same position next year. Coach O is still a fantastic coach. I love the guy. Um, I would run through a brick wall for Coach O, and he's never had to speak to me in his life. I digress. Now, what what's really interesting about that game, folks, is Clemson had the probability to win up until about maybe the end of the second quarter, three quarters of the way through the second quarter. Um, then LSU took it right over. Possession, LSU outheld Clemson thirty about 35 minutes to 25 minutes. Uh I'm going to say doubled, but it's not quite. 394 yards to 628. LSU beat Clemson. Um, LSU went the entire game. Zero turnovers. Um, obviously, Clemson had the one. And then first down's relatively close. It was 29 to 23. Um, LSU had the line at four and a half, and they absolutely covered that in half. Um, over under 67. Push. That's not bad. That's not bad. I um, I I did end up putting down a solid three hundred on Clemson money line. <laughs> did not pay out. That hurt. Um, but folks, really, this is just a quick shout out to LSU. They did a heck of a game. Um, uh, I think we're really gonna see a really good Joe Burrow in Cincinnati next year. I think he's gonna be very ready for the pros, honestly. We're just in a, we're in a good spot, folks. We're as college football fans, we're we're gonna have a lot to look for um, next year, and as Joe Burrow transitions to the pros.
Last but not least, you know we got to dive into some NFL talk. Normally I started out on my weekends, but we're going to end it here. Tennessee Titans versus the Kansas City Chiefs for the AFC title. Tennessee is getting disrespected on a 25% win percentage. Expectation. Tennessee, folks, this game is a 50-50 to me. Okay? I see Patrick Mahomes in a light that I see Russell Wilson. They are magical talents, uh, generational talents. I can take over a game, and they can ultimately get their team to win the game regardless of if you're down 24-0 in the first quarter or not. There's not many quarterbacks other than Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes that can do that and play that type of level. Like they play superhero ball and it works. They are the superheroes. Trevor Lawrence tried to do that for Clemson and it backfired and shot the team in the foot. These two are talents that can do it, have done it, and are proven to do it. So for the fact that I praise that so highly about the Kansas City Chiefs, and still think that this is a 50-50 coin flip between them and the Titans. The Titans are real, folks. I don't care if you know Derrick Henry is running at you. I dare you to tackle him. Dare you. Not a chance in hell that man's running straight at you. And you're going to solely take him down. RT, what's up, buddy? Hey, if you're free, would love to get you in here in a minute. Shoot me a text if you want to pop in for a couple minutes talk some NFL. I think Tennessee Titans have a shot. Um, the spread is a seven-point spread either way. I, I think Tennessee covers. I really do. I don't see this being a Houston fight. Um, I, I really think that this game comes close. If Kansas City wins, I see it maybe being by six. Tennessee wins, I see it being by about three. Um <coughs> Let's be honest, folks. Ryan Tannehill isn't doing anything spectacular. Um, I don't remember the exact number, but if you just look at uh, the passing attack, Ryan Tannehill is not, you know, he's not taking over the game. Um, pretty sure their, like, run to pass percentage was, like, 3-1. to one. Um, And when you got Derrick Henry, why not? Why the hell not? Why wouldn't you run it every time? Um, now, Tannehill can make the play calls and get it done, absolutely. Um, and I think that's honestly great to see really happy for Ryan Tannehill that he was able to kind of revitalize his career, so to speak. Um, I think we got a damn good AFC championship coming up folks. Uh, and I think if you, uh, if you have no other plans this weekend and this Sunday, but to watch some AFC football or, or obviously both the championships, I think you, uh, I think you're still going to come back to work on Monday and say you had a great weekend. Look at this right here. And this is, again, I love looking at the last five, um, but I did this last week, and the only thing that changed is, you know, the divisional rounds. Look at the team stats points per game. Kansas City recently 28.2, 25.1 to Tennessee. Tennessee is only allowing 12.5. That is insane. And I know Kansas City can score more than 12.5, and, and I know Kansas City will score more than a half. But if you're looking for my picks on this game, I'm going Kansas City plus seven. I I think I will still pick Kansas City money line. Um, Tennessee, I think, keeps it close. I still am picking Kansas City to win this game. I genuinely believe the Super Bowl will be 49ers, or I'm sorry, Kansas City Packers. Then it's going to be Kansas City versus the Packers. 
That being said, do not be shocked if Tennessee comes away and wins this game. I'll be disappointed to see Tennessee in the Super Bowl because I don't think it's going to be a good Super Bowl. Um, I still believe that anyone in... Uh, I pause, folks, because I'm, I'm going to take that back. And here's why I'm taking what I just said back. I really think if Tennessee beats the Chiefs, that Tennessee can win the Super Bowl. Um, and, and I just thought about this in my head literally as I'm saying this because where I was about to go is that if Tennessee beats Kansas City, they're going to get blown out by the 49ers or the Packers because it's the NFC and the NFC dominant. What is the NFC dominating that the Kansas City Chiefs and Baltimore Ravens weren't? Um, Tennessee took down New England. Tennessee took down Baltimore. And now Tennessee is going to have to go through Kansas City Chiefs. Uh Regardless of what you think about New England Patriots, obviously they're not a prolific offense, but the Chiefs and Ravens sure damn are. Uh, now, if you can say you took down the one and two and basically the one and two offenses, folks, I'm not seeing any reason why uh, Tennessee can't win a Super Bowl. Uh, I think Tennessee gets it. They got a damn good shot. We're going to have to match up different against Rodgers or Jimmy G. Um, but... That being said, I'm still picking Kansas City to win this game. Um, I think we're still looking at a Kansas City versus the Packers. Last but not least, folks, San Fran and Green Bay. Give me one moment. We got about a 72% chance for San Fran to win. Um, quick mass, I can't do it. 28% chance for Green Bay to win. Seven and a half point spread favoring the Niners. Minus 360 money line on the 49ers. Plus 290 on the Packers. Uh, realistically, folks, I I'm not going to lie to you. I don't see why Green Bay can't actually come through and win this game. Um, Packers don't have a bad offense. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is arguably one of the best quarterbacks of all time, in my opinion. Um, their offense with Aaron Jones is incredible. Uh, Devontae Adams can catch anything Rodgers throws to him. But, you know, you'd have to stop George Kittle. And I think that's where Green Bay is going to see half their battle is can they stop, you know, arguably the best tight end in the game right now. Um, I think they can. I think it's possible. Um... You're looking at an over under 46 and a half for this. I, I could see this very well going under and being like a 21-17 game. Um, that's 38 points, right? Yeah, so that's under. That's good. We're good at math. Promise. Now, what's interesting to me is the 49ers are 6-2 at home. The Packers are 6-2 on the road. Um, I think this is going to be anyone's game, folks. I think 7.5 points is awfully disrespectful to Green Bay. Um, I don't see San Fran running away with this. I know people didn't really see Minnesota getting blown out by San Francisco. And points-wise, sure, it wasn't really a blowout. Um, but if you watch the San Fran Vikings game, it was a competitive blowout. Um, the talent levels were just nowhere near equal. I think Green Bay has got more of the talent. And I think Green Bay has got enough to keep this close. Um, I'm really interested to see where this goes. So I'm going Green Bay to win against the San Francisco 49ers. That's a heart pick. I want it to happen. 
Will not be disappointed with either of these NFC teams in the Super Bowl. Uh, but I want to see a Green Bay-Kansas City Super Bowl. That would be really fun to me. Folks, we're going to cut it here. I appreciate it. Everybody that did tune in, you know, coming in and out on Instagram, thank you. I really appreciate you. Everybody that's listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, little bits maybe up on Twitter later. Check Trainwreck Sports Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Thank you. Appreciate everybody that's been tuning in. Get to Amherst Pizza and Ale House tomorrow night. Uh, got the flyer right up in front of me here. I just wanted to make sure that I'm reading it all right again. No cover charge. 21 years or only. 21 years or older only. $5 Pink Whitney drinks. $12 Pitchers of Blue Moon. Giveaway and raffles for Baby Joe Maisie's signed boxing gloves. Get there for that. And we're going to have pre-fight show with Matt Perino on Trainwreck Sports. So, folks, I love y'all. I appreciate y'all. Thank you so much. Goodbye.